Hi, it's Simon Clark from American Lithium. Uh, we're in London this week for the one-to-one -one conference and then doing some marketing with a couple of the, the banks. And it's great as always to be here with Crux. How are you doing, Matt? Very well. Welcome to London. Nice to be here. Yes, glad, glad, glad to see you, actually. Um, I want to talk today about court cases. Yes. You're, you're, you're winning them. <laughs> so yes. we, get to, we should talk about them. <laughs> so tell us what's happened there. Let's give us some good news, I think. Yeah, so we finally, um, you know, I, I guess this is, a, this is the sixth court case in Peru on um, the disputed 32 concessions. And we've got probably the strongest ruling we could have got. From... Give, us, give us the backdrop there, because some people here won't have really... Yeah, sorry. It's, it's, it was back in 2018. There was um, the regulators um, claimed that the, the you know, the, the company hadn't paid its fees on time. So it was plateau at the so time. It was plateau before Which American simply, Lithium. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and therefore they said that they didn't own 32 of 172, 170 concessions. Yeah. A couple of which are material for the lithium uh, side of things at Falchani and, you know, a, a few of them also on the uranium side. So material impact on some of the resources. Right. Obviously when we bought plateau, it was factored into the price. It's the reason that we got you know, what we think is one of the best lithium projects <clears throat> globally and a really big uranium asset for 120 million Canadian. So factored in the price, our view at the time was even if we don't get these back, this is a, these are great projects that we'll drive ahead in any event. Um, and then, you know, obviously two and a half years later, we've had a lower court ruling on this um, in addition to previous hearings which we won, you know, clearly as well. And then it got uh, appealed by the regulators, which they pretty much do as a matter of course. The legal departments uh, are pretty much instructed just to keep the process going. And so we ended up in, a, in the Superior Court in Peru in, in front of a three-judge panel. Wow. Took a couple of years to get through the red tape, and there was a bunch of process and further delays with the change of government. But we finally got to the ruling, and... Got a unanimous decision, very strongly in our favour, basically saying that the, the the claims of the of Ingemet and Menem were were baseless. So, you know, very much confirming we've never actually lost title to the concessions. We, you know, there was yep. an injunction put in right. place to protect that. We've always been on the title and continue to be, but they've confirmed in an unequivocal unequivocal terms that um, we, we are the rightful owner of those concessions. So, so good, good news, these, these two guys that, uh, jumped in trying to take advantage of the situation and been, been not, not back firmly. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Now, does that mean you are now able to start thinking about incorporating and factoring that into your thinking and studies and any other kind of on the ground activity? Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, we've... W We've always been confident. Um, you never know what's going to happen. As I say, we've run, we've pushed forward on the projects anyway. Um, you know, our view being that if 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 it wasn't found in our favour, then you know, there's there's more than enough of a deposit at Falchani and a you know massive uranium asset that's getting bigger through drilling anyway. So we've continued to drive it ahead. This just clarifies it. So rather than having to show alternate cases and economic studies and things like this, we can focus on on the base case and the extremely large NPV that both projects right. have. I guess Lawrence must be quite excited. Um, 
Lawrence is always excited. I would just say he's never not excited. No, yeah. He must be especially excited about the prospect of bringing these back into the fold. I mean, he's the, he's the technical yeah. part of the team, right? Yeah. yeah. No, he's like, like, as I say, Lawrence has always been of the view that this was the case and this should never have happened. Obviously, the team in Peru has worked really hard to, to get this done. Um, you know, and there's been trials and tribulations along the way, not of our doing. Um, but it's a really strong endorsement of what the company claimed at the time. You know, just some something that should never have happened. And then, you know, you layer on COVID and all the delays. And here we are five years later. And finally, it looks like it's been resolved. Right. Okay. So that that's a kind of big addition to kind of the... Clearly, the lithium component of, of your story, you're a lithium company. We've talked last time, I'm not going to talk about it now, about uranium and what, what yeah. could, could be. So let's just look at the uranium, uh, lithium market and how yeah. you are starting to position yourself. Because I and ask this in con- context of it's tax loss season, right? Oh, yeah. Tax loss season is here. People think about what they've done, take the losses and also redeploy capital. So in terms of the constituent parts, the the framework of your company, what do you think you're kind of set up to do and take advantage of next year into what looks like a, a, a growing lithium price environment? Yeah, I mean, I, I I look at the the Chinese price, if you like, and I think it's heavily manipulated. Um, I know that even at the current prices, what are they, around about 20,000 a ton for lithium carbonate? Very strong price still historically, but there's a bunch of projects, you know, on the far right side of the cost curve that are going to struggle at those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone, yes, w- with a tough global economy, demand's not quite been where people would have thought. Still going to grow 30 to 40 percent year on year, so still a, a great growth, and it hasn't impacted the overall um you know forecast in fact i've seen benchmark move their long-term pricing up to yep. twenty-eight thousand. as ever in mining and commodities things get overdone on one side it just exacerbates the supply deficit yep. that people have always known is really going to start to widen as we move through the middle of the decade and beyond so so yeah i mean i think we're in an environment where we're going to see the price start to recover next year. I'm actually already seeing X pricing, X China pricing coming to the fore, like 28,000, I think. Uh, fast markets are, are now doing that, which which makes a lot of sense and I think is going to come, you know, with, with this decoupling from China. So I think it's a, a great environment. I mean, we are, you know, we're now looking very much forward to the updated PA for Falchani, which we would expect in the next few weeks. Okay. Um, the resource, as you would have noticed, doubled at Falchani, which yeah. is huge. And that was took longer than we'd have liked, which seems to be the case with everything in a pre-COVID you know, environment, but sorry, post-COVID environment. But um, you know, now we have that resource, we can now get the PA update finalized, which is a big step in itself towards PFS, you know, Q late Q one, early Q two next year. Right. And so lots going on with, with driving Falchani ahead um, and, you know, lots of strategic interest in it. And if you remember, Falchani is the one, you know, unlike TLC, where assuming that the Peruvian permitting process is working and there's been lots of talk from the government down there again in recent times about the sector being normalized, they're looking to streamline permitting. But even if you think it's going to take a little longer, we could be at FID on that project by mid-2025. 
So it's coming up fast. And I think, um, you know, as we, as, we, as we look to move forward from here, I think there's going to be lots of opportunities strategically to bring in the right players to help us get that built. Um, and, uh, you know, I, again, I think, uh, I, I think, I, I do think that this, we must be close to bottom on the commodity. Um, and, uh, and that's also going to help us move up the, the lithium pricing on the, on the PEA at, uh, Falchani. So you'll see the MPV on that project significantly increase. I, I, I hope we're close to bottom because I, th- I thought it's an extreme reaction to an extreme situation on the price spikes of last year. Um, we need some steady, more consistent, more yeah. mature growth. And hopefully this, because it's a nascent market, these things happen, yeah. I get it. But now everyone needs to just, I guess, calm down a bit. Well, it was never going to be straight line. No. And, uh, you know, I mean, like the big autos, I was at Benchmark in LA last week. And, you know, the phrase is demand deferral, not demand destruction. And I and I think that's right. Yeah. It's just... Uh, They've all bet the farm on this. You're not putting the genie back in the bottle. You know, you go to those conferences and it gives you faith because you're dealing with the strategics, the government side of things, and the industry in general. Whereas very buoyant, you know, all these guys looking to get into to lithium. I mean, last week you saw, um, you know, you saw Exxon, Chevron will be following. The big energy players are getting into it now in the U.S., India, you're seeing a lot of the big players coming out of India getting more and more aggressive on it. And you're just seeing more and more industry players as well, traditional miners getting into it as well. Well, I think, you know, I like, I like that phrase, where I don't demand deferral, not demand yeah. destruction. I think that's right. And if you look at, you know, year in year, we're up 39%. So that's yeah. in any line of business, that's not too shabby. That's all right. right. But um, the kind of enthusiasm does need to be sort of tempered because it's not just the supply of commodities, it's the kind of build out uh, as well, which surely takes takes time and takes yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and the demand, I think, well, is being tempered by the, the economy at the moment yeah. um, to be expected. Um, but back to the question with regards to the, what, how are you set up to take advantage of this? Obviously, Falchani is, is, is great, and it looks like FID by mid-25 would be amazing yeah. because there's not too many stories like that around. Yeah. Um, the, what do you need to do between now and then? Obviously, economic yeah. studies, but give me the give me a timeline. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, we're looking at the updated PA, which will be to PFS standard, you know, in the next few weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're looking at um, PFS by by May of next year on Falchani. Um, and then we're really into the permitting process. We, as you know, the guys were pretty smart last year. They launched the EIA early. What enabled us in a tough permitting environment in Peru to get drilling at Falchani and expand our resource. So it was a great decision, but that's now been filed, and that really provides the framework going forward for permitting the actual mine. And remember, Falchani is deemed non-metal in 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 Peru. So on paper, six months. Like I say, even if you assume. 12 months, this thing could be permitted and ready to go come mid-2025. And and, and I, I think there's a bit of conservatism built in there. I mean, you never know. Seems everything gets delayed in in, in these times. But, but uh, y- you know, I think, I think it's taken a little longer, but I think we're quietly confident. And we are seeing a normalization of things in Peru and a government that is really pro-mining yeah. and really wants to see lithium... Um, 
becoming a, a key pillar of that in country. I mean, they, they they certainly it's not lost on them what's happening in Argentina and Chile. I bet. Yeah. So Sorry. I'm laughing because only because I've seen some of the <laughs> some of the stuff that's been coming out of Argentina this morning or after the news of um, of Ye being elected. Uh, I guess some some comedy gold to come as well. Um, just just back to you mentioned earlier in terms of um, being cautious with your money. You've got to be yeah. you've got to be frugal, but you've also got to advance the company, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So it's a case of return on capital or investor. There'll be stuff yeah. that maybe in an, in a different times you'd like to be doing. But there's some stuff that you've got to be doing, no matter what the time is like, to move the company forward. Yeah. So again, what's important for us to recognise when we're looking at your company? I, I think for us, I mean, I mean, we do see, you know, Falchani. I think has some really good velocity now, so there'll be a focus on that. We're obviously driving TLC ahead. You know, we're doing a lot of work, as you know, on the flow sheet side of things, which is we're we're, we're happy with the flow sheet, but we know we can, you know, make it. Um, stronger still. It's about optimization, pre-concentration, lithium losses, you know, through the impurity removal, things like that, which will, you know, we always felt seven and a half thousand a ton was a really good number, but we also think we can bring that down a bit. So a lot of that is the focus on, on TLC. And then the big one, I guess, short term is spinning out uranium, you know, and obviously we deferred that in the summer. Um, you know, uranium at $75 a pound and looking like it's going to go higher. We've had a lot of interest again in that asset. And I think it's probably makes sense at some time to put that in its own vehicle. Yeah. And then, you know, with its own capital, it can be driven ahead. It's obviously hard for us in tougher markets to devote the capital that that yeah. needs to, yeah. to, to, to drive it forward. So I think putting it in its own vehicle, again, there's lots of velocity there around drilling and piloting and, and, and PFS. Interesting time for uranium, I have to say, because obviously, yeah, we hit 76 bucks last week yeah. uh, on spot. And, and obviously, I think term contracts will kind of slowly come up yeah, behind oh yes. and catch up. Um, but it feels like, and we've talk, I've talked this over with first fund managers in, in the uranium space, especially metals. Um, I've talked about it with the you know people like um, John Paglia at that spot and industry personnel like Dustin Gary, and they're saying obviously we're moving into so from a buyer's market to a seller's market. Not quite there, not quite there, but there's an intrigue in terms of the psychology between that kind of hinterlands that we're in, where seventy six to hundred is actually not a long way to go. Yeah, because. It's that moves fairly rapidly through phases when there's not a lot of it around um, to be had. Yeah. Um, does that, as well as obviously a really atrocious market at the moment for for listing, I think you made the right yeah. call, quite frankly. Um, but into next year, the, the the timing of this could actually work in your work in your favour. Do you reevaluate what you think the company is worth, or what it should go out as as a result of that yeah, moving market? I think so. And the thirty-two concessions obviously yeah. clarifies up the the, the, the resource. About thirty percent of it was impacted by that. Yeah. Um, so I th I think that, and and I mean, to my mind, I know we're 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 probably moving into a, a you know an even stronger market on the uranium side. When, when yeah. you, see, you see all these zombie projects that need. 60, 70, 80 dollar uranium um, and beyond to see the light of day resurfacing and you get calls from people saying, how about, you know, we spin out our asset and you add in Makassani and we'll do, yeah. 
So you, you, you're getting all of these, you know, engineering, you know, corporate engineering projects being uh, suggested. And so I, you know, we'll be cautious, Matt. And, and clearly we're getting people offer us, you know, whatever for it. But we still, I think, believe with some modifications that a, a spin out is, is probably the right way to maximize value. And as you say, you know, looking to make sure that we can spin it out at appropriate value, recognizing it as one of the bigger assets out there and certainly one of the best, you know, production profiles and OPEX profiles. Yeah, it's going to be really important, the who. Yes, Not for the sure. when, the who, yep. and the how, how much it, you value it at and how much you raise because yep. it's been interesting times, Q, and I suspect for... Yeah, and, and you know, we've, we've got a lot of bankers, you know, saying that now's the time. Atrocious pickle. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> so can I. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I do, again, you know, once bitten, twice shy, and I think we made the right choice. I mean, we weren't in a rush, um, and it is a great asset. And, again, we're still not in a rush, but I think, I think the signs are stronger and stronger that it's the time to do it. Plus, I really feel that it needs to be in its own vehicle so that it can really hit its own milestones, attract its own capital, yeah. and, uh, and, and really r really move ahead quickly. I mean, it's ready to pilot. It's ready yeah. to do a bunch more drilling. It's ready for PFS and beyond. No, I, I think definitely agree. There's a whole bunch of money there and a whole bunch of value. Perhaps you're not quite seeing yet, but hopefully this yeah. you will. Uh, lithium's the market that, that you're in. Yeah. Um, must be happy about that now, I, I, I suspect, because yeah. it's things seem to be moving the right way generally. I mean, what are you hearing from the conference, from your road shows, from the conversations with the, with the banks, et cetera? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, you know, just be patient. Um, you know, the, I think most people think the cycle is, is, is at the point where it will probably turn. Um, and, um, you know, again, I think benchmark was really instructive to me. I mean, this conference here is more about the investor side and obviously a lot of investors are beaten up and thinking about closing the year out and tax loss and all of that. Yeah. But what gives me real confidence is is the industry, the strategic yeah. interest, and that just gets stronger and stronger. It does hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars being deployed to kind of build out the sector, and they ain't doing that for fun on, no, or exactly. on a hunch. Uh, that will be the only way to go. Well, it, good to see you. Great to see yeah, you, Matt. Thanks for making time for us. I really appreciate Always. that. And we'll see you. Well, I love seeing Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom's behind the camera for a reason. But face for radio, that boy. Uh, right, <laughs> see you soon. All right, mate. <laughs>